Okay, good morning everyone and welcome to another CSU story. And this morning we're talking to Kim Bailey, who is a teaching practitioner in the Centre for Law and Justice Studies based here at Bathurst. And Kim's going to be talking to us this morning about her use of online study groups in the Bachelor of Laws uh, and where that's gone in recent times. So first things first, good morning, Kim. Good morning. It's great to have you on board and thank you for sharing uh, some of your experiences over recent times. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, Lachlan. Thank you. Thank you. Um, look, uh, let's, let's kick this off. Uh, I know, let's, let's assume I know only that you've um, tried this, introducing this thing, online study groups, um, and I'd like to know a little bit more about that. Um, can you give me a bit of background uh, for our listeners this morning about where that's come from and um, maybe a little bit about the degree and the cohort that, that we're talking about? Yeah, sure. So uh, this session, uh, right in the midst of COVID, I was faced with an exceptionally large cohort in our uh, three-year Bachelor of Laws online program. So the Bachelor of Laws has always been an online degree. That's how we've always taught. So there's nothing really new in that for us, and we're quite comfortable in the online environment. But our cohorts have uh, increased significantly in the past 12 months, which is both exciting, but also really challenging. And I guess the dynamics of thinking about um, what I was going to do, particularly in an online tutorial context with uh, at least 40 plus students a week based on who attends and who doesn't, was a dynamic that I was really concerned about and wanted to proactively manage so that I could actually give students individual attention, but also the opportunity to help them um, learn from each other in peer-to-peer -peer learning. Because that for me, I suppose for many academics is always a bit of a, a sticking point and it's a difficult thing to achieve. And so I started a conversation um, with, with you, Lachlan, about how we could think about that or conceptualise that differently and perhaps um, help our students to connect both with each other but also give them a tool for learning um, and facilitating that conversation with the lecturer. Yeah, right. I, I can remember some of those early coffee conversations, absolutely. And um, there's that always that, that, that question about isolation with online learning that it keeps coming up and it's, it is, um, uh, an incredibly isolating experience potentially based on on the way the subject's been set up and and as we, we've talked about tools obviously to help overcome it but you know where our cohorts are located and um yeah constantly thinking about that problem to be honest so larger cohort uh in terms of of you know weekly tutorials and students um potentially struggling with difficult discipline specific material, challenging assessment tasks, etc. And and that isolation scenario potentially. And yeah. how they get more not just out of what's available in the subject, but from each other potentially to help overcome that. Is that sort of the space we're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I should also add too that this is a first year subject and it's uh, potentially in the mapping of our degree um, one of the early Priestly 11 subjects, we call them that because they're mandated content, but they are content heavy, conceptually challenging, and there's a lot of different skills we're trying to scaffold with students in this subject, um, such as reading case law, statutory interpretation, learning to um, think critically, problem solving, etc. So 
thinking about how we're doing a lot of that in our tutorials each week when we're all together, but thinking about how we could scaffold the learning of students and give them opportunities to um, discuss that, work on that and collaborate on that in a helpful way in preparation for the tutorial each week was what really drove me to, to the study group's idea. And um, it's actually been really exciting because it's had a lot of other benefits that I didn't expect would happen along the way that actually have. Well, let's, let's get into that. Uh, tell us, what have you done? What have we done in that respect as well uh, for the online study groups? What do they look like? Yeah, so we started with, uh, I think it was 10 online study groups using the groups tool in Blackboard. And uh, we've reduced that down now to uh, eight functioning groups. So not everybody in the cohort has joined it. They're self-selecting um, and they are optional. They're in no way tied to assessment. Um, so, you know, those who've opted in versus those who've opted out, probably about 50% of the course from what I can see have opted in. The rest are happy just to do it their own way and in their own time, which is fine. Um, there was a lot of thought that went into the structuring of these study groups because the study groups tool in Blackboard's great. It has a lot of uh, technology in there that allows them to file share, to arrange meetings, to uh, email just the members of their group, to have their own specific group discussion board and those sorts of things. Um, but that in and of itself needs explanation. So we needed to actually do a couple of things with the groups. The first was to firstly give them a reason of why this would help them, why it was going to value add to their subject and to their learning. And so there was a little bit of academic background in the sense that, you know, people who teach other people or people who discuss ideas with other people generally do better in their subjects. So the, the carrot, you know, it's going to help you if you do this. Mm -hmm. um, but then also to a structure on, you know, how to go about doing this. So, you know, here's a suggested pattern. So my teaching methodology in this subject is problem-based learning. Each week we're doing that in the tutorials where I'll take down the problem of the week based on the topic content but you need to go away and do the reading behind that. And you need to have a go at that problem before we meet each week. So in your groups, why don't you allocate parts of the problem out and work together collaboratively and meet on that group problem before you come to the tutorial? That way you'll get so much more out of it when you do attend. So giving them an idea of how they could meet and then also giving them the idea of um, the tools and giving them the clear instructions, which is where you're incredibly helpful, Lachlan, on, you know, just basics on how to set up their own Zoom meeting, um, how to use the tools within the group's function, how to file share, how to perhaps share a Google document or whatever it was they were working on, were all important parts of helping the groups to achieve the outcome of basically meeting and collaborating before the tutes. Yeah, I find it really interesting that we're, on the one hand, we've got our, uh, well, relatively traditional way of, of approaching online delivery in a sense you know where the learning materials and the assessment over here and we have our, our tutorial online meeting type structure and we're searching for ways to to obviously facilitate that or, or make that more achievable for the students that can't uh, or haven't latched on yet to you know the the winning formula that allows them to to achieve that without any support and that's the that's the danger really mm. with, with actually just uh, assuming that learning materials by themselves, if they're good enough or assessment tasks, if they're set up well enough, will be enough for students in the online space to mm. succeed. And, and that's so contrary to academic research on the benefits of peer-to-peer -peer learning and why, in fact, we're assessed on peer-to-peer -peer learning all the time because we know it's good for them. It's just how we actually achieve that. Um, I might uh, ask you, I suppose, to, to um, 
draw out a little bit more of that relationship with the weekly tutorial. Um, so you're saying you've suggested that what one of the uses they might put the study groups to, for example, is as a readings group or, or to unpack problems before the tutorial. Mm. Does that mean that your tutorial relied on them having done that before turning up? What about those that hadn't joined study groups, for example? Mm. So yeah, look, it, it didn't um, absolutely rely on the study groups functioning in that an individual could easily take the weekly problem themselves and go away and do the readings required of that and using problem solving methodology work through that themselves at their own pace. But it's the old adage, a problem shared is a problem halved. Mm -hmm. And the other thing too is that um, by bouncing ideas off each other, they sharpen each other and they refine their problem solving skills and their critical thinking by challenging each other and saying, well, I didn't understand the case to, to mean that point or I thought we could think about this problem this way, which is so much more beneficial than just going it alone. So it certainly didn't exclude people who are individual solitary learners from benefiting from the tutorial completely and from getting what was the right answer. But I guess uh, the study groups have shown them that actually collaboration is going to help them. It's going to halve their workload and it's also going to sharpen them in terms of their skills. And the literature that's coming out from the profession in terms of research done on uh, legal ethics particularly is that um, this is what the profession wants from us. They actually want us to produce students who can work collaboratively and think critically and get along with a wide variety of different people in problem solving. So we're actually trying to get them ready for the job that they'll be entering as well. And arguably they are going to need to work in team environments in exactly this sort of, uh, you know, broken down activity with pieces, you know, being shared across different members as well. So perhaps even unintentionally, um, we're replicating, you know, future work scenarios for them initially. Maybe now it's intentional, but yeah. <laughs> no, that's exactly right. It was a happy coincidence. All right. So look, um, let's get on to um, what the students have had to say about this. Have you had some feedback yet? What, is, what evidence have you had that, that this idea has been successful to you? Look, I've been really surprised uh, by these groups. I, I guess I saw it as something that, you know, you kind of set and forget that you occasionally wade in and encourage. And I did in the initial days wade into every group and post things on their uh, discussion board just to make suggestions of what they could be doing and how are you going? I'm available. Would you like me to drop in? I backed off doing that after week three because I sort of thought, well, they need to do this themselves. And I was quite clear in the setup that I wasn't moderating that space, um, which I think is really important as well. But in terms of the feedback, uh, it has been really exciting. I had some students email me saying, um, thank you for setting this up because, you know, I now actually feel a lot less isolated and I'm learning things in different ways that I never thought I'd learn in an online context. I've seen people who are from very different places geographically, socially, um, and, and in every other possible way, coming together and relating beautifully to each other um, and positively. And I've dropped in on a couple of groups to troubleshoot. So to talk to them about assessment, um, they've asked me questions that I suspect they might not have been prepared to have asked as an individual solitary learner, but as a group, they felt empowered they could ask. And I think that was one of the greatest strengths of this is that they felt they could say, you know, look, can you come and talk to us about the assessment? We're not clear on this point. And I was really happy to do that because frankly, I'd rather talk to five students at once than, than just one. Um, not that I mind speaking to one student, but it's much more effective that way. And then two, working in that dynamic environment and bouncing ideas off each other. 
I could see where the gaps in their knowledge were and equally they could clarify from me what I was looking for them in the task. And do you find as well that gives you another opportunity to feed forward that, um, I guess, those discoveries that you've made with those smaller groups then to the rest of the cohort as well, if, mm. if, it's, if it's valid leading into assessment? Oh, absolutely. It was hugely informative for me because I was running an assessment drop-in session uh, for all of the cohort and I put up a slide of frequently asked questions for the assessment task and I was able to add to that the questions that that group were asking me in a depersonalised way. Just, you know, some of you might have been wondering X, Y and Z. Well, I didn't know they were wondering that until the group invited me in to their study group. So it is a nice uh, silent endorsement in a way of of their contribution and their own efficacy within the course space as well. Mm, their, their questions and their involvement in the task uh, has, has benefit and validity to everyone else as well, which I think is a um, subconsciously is a nice, a nice thing to happen to someone when they're engaged with their learning. Yeah, yeah. that's really interesting. So look, the last thing uh, that I would ask uh, on the online study groups, now that you've given it, uh, a run you're approaching the end of, of the first session that you've implemented it have you had any thoughts on where you'd like to take it from here or, or what are you looking out for next in this space or are you just holding on to wait and see uh, what the progression is like in the subject and what the final kind of results are like yeah, that's a good question. And uh, I, I am thinking about that. And, and you and I have been certainly chatting about that as well. But um, I'm really excited by this. This has actually worked far better than I could have ever hoped it had. And, and students have actually approached other lecturers and asked for them to incorporate this tool in law as well. So I think that's another endorsement. Um, I want to actually get this group after we've finished the subject to meet me on Zoom and to actually debrief them of how they did it, uh, why they did it, and what they personally got out of it, um, because I think that would be incredibly helpful for me in terms of scaffolding and helping other groups to achieve that, but also to um, allowing the student voice to speak to other students if they're prepared to allow me to do that because sometimes it's one thing for a lecturer to say hey this will really help you you should engage with it it's another thing for a student to say to other students i didn't really want to join study groups but this is what my group did and this is what i got out of it so i'm thinking that that would be an incredibly useful um, process and i think to um, just the breaking down of social isolation you know in COVID times we're really trying to deal with people who are very isolated and we often have had to think about that for a lot longer in law because we are an online degree and we're already dealing with isolated learners. So anything that's a step in that direction positively, I think is definitely a take home that we need to, to grab and to implement. So yeah, there'll be more work on this and I'd actually like to do a bit of research because I've got a funny feeling that there might actually be less uh, cheating going on because of study groups as well that actually students are feeling that there's a forum for them to clarify understanding and they're not so isolated or confused on their own they actually can clarify their understanding but that might require a bit more research mm. well I'm definitely interested as well obviously in where that's going to go I'm already um, wondering about the next uh, rare school opportunity when they get together if this creates another kind of social phenomenon mm. community-wise where suddenly the people that have been in shared study groups will also um, gravitate towards each other when they actually get there face to face and then form different sorts of you know subclusters etc to help get through uh, the res school experience as well and if that gives opportunity for different types of tasks and activities 
not just online but face to face and and how they play off each other so that's going to be interesting as well i think mm, that's exciting well that's great um look I'd, I'd like to take the opportunity to thank you for sharing your time and your experiences with csu stories this morning kim and we look forward to hearing where this goes from here oh it's my pleasure thanks Lachlan. thank you see you later